Hey, a few drops in that bucket, those drops add up. You never know, that thing could fill up quickly. Drops in the bucket, next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Welcome back, good people. I sit here talking to you in shorts, in a short sleeve shirt, staring up at my glass block window. I see sun bouncing off the colored trees, at least the trees that still have leaves on them. And it is an almost 80 degree day here in Northeast Ohio. Now on this, the 23rd day of October, it is very much a rarity that we can say that. But um, we've been known to have those days, you know, those days that kind of creep out of the shadows to give you one last taste before the white stuff hits. And this is one of those times. So I spent a little bit of time raking. I'll go over leaves here in a little bit. I hate leaves. And I'll have to do some more this weekend, but our warm weather goes away. Our reality check comes into full bloom uh, tomorrow. So we're soaking it up, living in the moment, being all zany and just trying to, you know, just just bask in the wonder of now. And that's exactly what we're going to try to do. I hope you have been uh, safe and healthy. I am putting my safety and my health at risk. Uh, A little later today, when I venture out to the restaurant, I agreed to help. I know there's stupidity and there's danger in that decision. And it's one that I'm um, regretting. But I try to follow through when I say I'm going to do something. Earlier in the week, I agreed to help out at the restaurant again. And... I felt bad the minute I hung up the phone because I realized that by agreeing to go, that would mean that not only would I put myself at risk, but I would put my wife and more importantly, my parents at risk because now I have to put myself into a 14-day quarantine and I can't go into their apartment. So I made a mental note today that I'm helping out tonight and I'm helping out for one or maybe two nights next week. And then that's going to be it because then I will have to set my 14 day counter before I can be assured that I'm okay. And that I could actually enter their apartment with mask, at least to say hello and drop off goodies. So it was a very tough decision for me to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I could use the bucks, but they kind of called three, four times uh, last week on the weekend and said, listen, well, I'm really in a bind. I'm really in a bind. I'm, I'm trying to f- hire somebody for these positions. I know you don't want to work, but can you help us out? Can you help me out? I mean, they were kind of like in desperation mode and I felt kind of bad. And so I agreed to do it. So that's what I'm trying to mentally prepare myself. I'm going to wear dual masks. I don't know that I can talk to people for three or four hours in dual masks, but I'm going to give it a try. I've already been assured that my particular size of rubber gloves are in stock at the restaurant and I don't have to bring my own. So I'm really trying to do everything that I can do to ward off 
the dreaded COVID. And the good thing about this 80-degree day is that the garage doors can be open and people can sit outside and the air can at least be somewhat filtrated until the rains hit later in the evening. So that's what I'm banking on. That's my logic. And you can disagree or agree. At this point, uh, it doesn't really matter because I kind of made my decision and I can't really go back on it, even though I've gone back on decisions. And so as the afternoon goes on, who knows? <laughs> Maybe I'll change my mind. Uh, I did get out a little bit yesterday to uh, do some leaves. We've had really, really rainy weather. In fact, certain portions of Northeast Ohio have set records for rainfall. And so after painting our decks and squeezing it in, I mean, really, we finished. It went through like a couple of hours of drying, and then we had sort of a rainstorm. And really, the rain really hasn't stopped. It's been off and on. It's been kind of damp and chilly and just really yucky weather. And... um I have not had a chance to do anything with leaves and the leaves have been piling up and piling up and piling up and our house sits on a corner lot surrounded by a lot of foliage and the trees produce a lot of leaves and we're usually doing some kind of raking, you know, probably from early October into really later November and because some of these trees don't release their leaves. And in our neighborhood, as I'm sure is the situation in your neighborhood, if you have leaf pickup, we do. Our city offers leaf pickup. We're given one particular day to have all of our leaves pushed onto the curb, which is kind of nice, actually. I mean, I've bagged up some, but really, we don't have to do that. We just have to rake them to the side. They lean against the curb, and, you know, a big truck comes by and kind of sucks them up. And so our day is early November, but really, some of those leaves may not have fallen by the time the big trucker sucker-upper thing comes by to get the leaves. So uh, it's something that's always in the back of my mind, like, I have to do leaves, and it just kind of sucks. But this is the, uh, you know, this is the drama of home ownership. And if leaves are the worst thing about home ownership, then I guess I'm in pretty good company. I wish I had a massive situation to share with you today, but I don't. I don't. Sometimes the ebb and flow of our lives is such that we kind of meander through the fog of our daily routine. And as I mentioned last week, while we kind of enjoy that kind of routine, we sometimes maybe think to ourselves, I'm just kind of stumbling through life and really stumbling through is okay. But sometimes the stumbling through, I don't mean stumbling in a bad way. We're just kind of going through the, the regular flow of our existence. And really we've had so much drama this year and been a part of so many life altering, life changing things. I mean, really number one being the death of our granddaughter. And then of course there was the death of, uh, you know, my cousin and just, just a lot of, a lot of bad things in 2020. And it's been a struggle for everybody, including the creator of the gratitude journal podcast 
to really find these drops in the bucket, the little things that kind of add up and can add up into big things. And this has been a challenge. And I'm not shy in saying that it is. I have people on Zoom calls who, you know, share the regular things that are going on with their lives. I I have a couple of these that are scheduled every month. And in one particular Zoom call, we sort of go around the room talking about ourselves, kind of what we've been up to. Sometimes there's a question involved, like here's the question for the Zoom conference. What would you do if you were on a deserted island and you had three, you know, whatever those, you know, wacky questions are. But we were going around the room, it was last week, and I just really wasn't in a particularly good mood. I didn't really want to be in the Zoom conference. I didn't feel like I had a lot to offer. And it was one of those situations where I almost thought about just kind of canceling altogether. But I try not to be that kind of person, the same kind of person I try not to be, where I could easily just reach over at my phone, send a text to my contact at the restaurant, say, you know what? I'm not feeling very good tonight. I don't think I'll show up. That would release an enormous burden off my shoulders. But I try not to be that kind of guy. And in the same way, I stuck around for the Zoom meeting, even though I didn't want to be in it. And so out of the, say, 11 or 12 people that were in the meeting, I was maybe sixth or seventh on the list. And I heard these people talking about how they're coping with COVID and how they're coping with things. And as we move into the fall and now the danger scenarios are going to increase because we're going to be in more enclosed spaces. And it was just, it was one of those conversations where people are really trying to find the light in an otherwise dark situation. And I just wasn't feeling it. And finally they got to me and they said, okay, Matthew, what's going on with you? Uh, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, listen, I have nothing to add to this. I have really nothing positive to add to this. I have had a miserable year. I'm really struggling to find the depths of my gratitude about things. And I'm struggling to paint a face on it. I am normally sort of a glass half empty kind of guy anyway, kind of yearning to be a glass half full kind of guy, but really being a realist about it. And I really have nothing good to share. I, I really feel like you should just move on to the next person. And I felt free admitting that, but I felt like if we were in a room and not in a Zoom conference, all these eyes would be on me and I would feel the redness creeping into my ears like embarrassment that I had been that honest about something so... Ugh. And all of a sudden in the sort of chat section. You know, like in Zoom, you can send these little chat messages either to the group in written form or to an individual. And all these little messages start popping in, you know, to the feed like, Matthew, don't worry about it. It's all good. Matthew, that was really you know, honest of you to share that. Matthew, you're a loved person. Don't let it get you down. Let's rock on. I mean, really, it started to lift me a little bit out of my doldrums that day. And I was really grateful for that <laughs> Zoom meeting. I mean, I went in like, Ugh, and then I emerged thinking, you know what? That was, that was a pretty good time today. That was, that was pretty good. I, I feel really kind of, you know, a little energized and really a lot more grateful for that. 
It was one of those little drops in the bucket that really kind of got me through the day. It was like yesterday when I got a phone call. And I'm sure that you've experienced this kind of thing. I may have addressed it. Oh, I'm sure I did address it in an earlier podcast where I feel the need to be more complicit in reaching out to people to show my appreciation. I just think that it not only does me some good mentally and spiritually, but I think that it does other people good as well. And my thoughts and feelings about that were confirmed yesterday when I was upstairs doing something, helping Donna with something, and I left my phone here in the studio. And when I got back, I saw that I had a phone call. And the phone call was from a person in authority of a place where I am involved in helping out with some audio things. And it was the general manager of this entity. And um, uh, this person left me a message on the phone and they called to tell me this in person. And my one regret is that I didn't get to hear it in person. And this person basically said, you know, I just heard this latest thing you did and thank you for your contribution. And I just want to tell you how amazing it is that you're a part of our team and that the things that you uh, contribute, the work ethic that you have, uh, just a lot of nice things. I don't go, I won't go into sharing all of those things and I wish I could play it for you just, just to show you how if you received a similar phone message from someone, how that would impact your life at that moment, what it would do for you. And it was one of those drops in the bucket that was just so extraordinary. I mean, it just made my day. It, it, all of the challenges of this project and admittedly some areas of my involvement in this project where I feel underappreciated and, and I have felt underappreciated. That's for another podcast, but this just lifted me out at least momentarily from these, these doldrums that I had been feeling about this year. And it was one of those things that validates my earlier statement about how we sometimes require these things to happen. We need these things to happen. We enjoy these things that where people go out of their way to show us their appreciation. And I mean, I was convinced before the phone call, but I'm convinced even more now that these things are are vital and and crucial and in, in a strange way we kind of thrive on them. I sometimes feel like I don't know why I'm working at the restaurant. And especially now. So I spent most of the morning, as I mentioned earlier, thinking about ways that I could get out of it. 
and I could use any number of ways to get out of it, including lying, which I don't really want to do. So in my attempt to not be that kind of person, I've agreed to go. And I've also agreed um, to help out for a couple of days next week. And that's my that's my stopping point right there. So I mentioned that in my initial phone call, and I'll reiterate it again this evening when I arrive, that you, you have me for a couple of sessions, and I hope you have somebody to fill the position. I'm not painting myself as this ultra special person, but I believe that there are some consequences to being inside with a bunch of customers who are not going to be properly masked up. And I'm going to do everything I can do to protect myself. And the best way for me to protect myself is not to be there. So I'm trying to help you out, do you a solid, and hopefully you know, this will be rectified uh, next week. But it did make me think about how often I don't think about the people who do this all the time, who have to do this all the time. I had a friend send me uh, an email about working and the things I was doing, you know, part-time and what was I doing to, you know, make ends meet this year. And I mentioned the restaurant and, and he was like, well, you know, that that's one thing I just wouldn't do. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't put myself in danger like that. I wouldn't put myself at risk, uh, you know, unless you know, you know, the consequences. Well, surely I know the consequences. I mean, obviously, yes. But, you know, later on in the day, I routinely drove up to the grocery market. I put my mask on. I walked in and I kind of, you know, not ran through the supermarket, but, you know, walked briskly, knew what I wanted, gathered my things, stayed my distance, made sure that, you know, my mask was tight and on and covering my nose and my mouth. And when I got back in my car with my stuff, I took my hand sanitizer and I wiped my hands. And then when I got home, I bring the bags of groceries onto the front porch. And then I go inside, I grab the Clorox wipes, the ones that are left because you can't find anymore. And then I wipe the groceries down and then I bring them into the kitchen, you know, really trying to do all of the protocol that, that we're asked to do. Meanwhile, Throughout, you know, the whole day outside of the 20 minutes that I was in that store, all these people are in that store working like they're stocking the shelves and they're moving stuff around and and they're sitting behind plexiglass barriers in front of a cash register, you know, handling money and everything else and handling groceries. They don't know who touched these groceries. And so they're putting themselves at risk for me, like the whole store is open for me. And it's like tonight working with the people at the restaurant like they are openly walking around getting another beer without their mask and you know their pizza is going to arrive and they're going to you know spray whatever in their loud conversation and you know we're working inside that facility catering to them hoping that they're having a good time and good enough time to spend enough money to make up for the, 
you know, the lack of money that restaurants have been making. I mean, the whole chain of events is something that I really don't give a lot of thought to. And really, I need to give more thought to that. I, I need to appreciate these workers because I'm just temporarily one of them. But these people that stock our shelves, these people that, you know, routinely have things ready for us so that, you know, we can, you know, in our protected state, run in and get what we need and emerge. And they're the ones that are putting themselves at risk. The people that are going to be poll workers, you know, for whoever has decided not to vote by mail, these people are putting themselves at risk. All these people are. And I think that we don't think enough about those people. We don't give enough credence to the risk that these people are putting themselves in. So I'm not patting myself on the back. I freely elected to help out for a short amount of time. But some of these people, most of these people cannot freely elect to do that. They have to do it. They are obliged to do it because their welfare depends on it. And I appreciate the danger that they put themselves in. I appreciate the commitment that they make to serving my needs and so that I can have the foodstuffs that I need to go through, you know, a regular week. And I think they're to be commended. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast that I have had this almost intrinsic need to slim down stuff, to cut down, to downsize. And I don't know that my my better half, uh, my lovely bride, follows those same convictions. And It could be because it's just an overwhelming task, and it is, and I don't like doing it. But little by little, I've been trying to, you know, put things on Craigslist and put things on eBay. And one of the things that I've been sort of downsizing is my sports memorabilia. And it was always this goal of mine to not only just collect some sports memorabilia, but to harbor things that mean something to me. And, you know, for any Cleveland sports fan, the Indians of the 90s was one of the great epic times in Cleveland sports history. And as I looked around my person cave, because I've been hesitant to call it a man cave, I look around the person cave because we both share that space. And it's pretty much dominated by a lot of Cleveland Indian stuff, but, but other Cleveland sports things as well, and some other things that aren't related to Cleveland sports. But as I'm doing my workout at night several times a week and I do it in front of a television down here and as I'm doing it I I have lots of opportunity to look around at all of the stuff on the walls and I'm thinking you know a lot of this stuff just really doesn't mean anything to me anymore I mean one of my prized possessions was a signed poster from Albert Bell and if you know anything about baseball in the 90s Albert Bell was an icon in Cleveland sports he was very controversial And it was just one of the more exciting times in Cleveland sports. My twin brother and I agree. There was never a more electric time 
than when Albert Bell was leaving the on-deck circle to go to bat. And there was no walk-up music. There was no um, nothing special except the gonging of a bell. And it was just like you could feel seismic activities inside the ballpark because you never knew what Albert Bell was going to do. Chances are good. There was either going to be a home run. It was going to be a hit into the gap. It was going to be something great because he just had some great years here. And when he did these sort of poster signings, and I got one of these posters because I worked for one of the affiliates, it was a prized possession. But as I was doing my workout, I kept kind of thinking to myself, you know, these things that I have don't mean nearly as much to me as they once did. Signed Sandy Alomar posters, signed baseballs, framed photos of the 1965 Cleveland Browns, uh, a collection of sports cards, uh, of really rare stuff. Tony Bernazard. I mean, who do, who has a Tony Bernazard baseball card? I did. Who had Bernie Kosar's Miami Dolphins card? I did. I don't know what these things are worth because I don't really have the time to research all of them. But I decided to part with some of them. And then there are other things I'm going to keep and some other things I'm going to give to some treasured people. And so this collection of things I put together in one batch and I advertised them. And I had a couple of interested people and someone came over yesterday and purchased them. And as I was explaining to this person that I don't have any I don't have any certification because I watched all of these people sign this stuff. I watched Alan Embry sign this baseball. I watched Chad OJ sign this baseball. I watched Charles Nagy sign this baseball. I watched them do it. You don't need a certificate of authenticity. I'm your certificate of authenticity. So he was loving life. He was building his man cave and he was a big lover of Cleveland sports. So this was this was a get for him. This was a treasured pickup for him. It was probably worth a lot more to him. He was probably driving away thinking, damn, I suckered that guy. And that's fine. That's fine. But it made me appreciate and be grateful for that time because one, I have a wife who loves baseball. Two, I got married on a ball diamond. Three, we traveled all around the United States to watch the Cleveland Indians and it made getting that pennant from that ballpark at the time that much more special because you couldn't get a ticket to a home game. You had to travel if you wanted to see them play and we traveled a lot to opposing ballparks. Not only did it give us a great opportunity to see other ballparks, but it gave us an appreciation of what we had at home. And so for all those things, I'm grateful. But as I was doing these workouts, my connection to these things just seemed to be lower and lower and lower. And I was much more grateful for the memory of sitting next to my wife at County Stadium in Milwaukee, or sitting next to my wife at Old Bush Stadium, or sitting next to my wife and you know going to Old Riverfront uh, Stadium and experiencing those things rather than having the actual memento. And so while it hurts to part with the stuff, I find myself gladly never being able to part from the memories of being able to experience it. And I think 
those memories are my man cave. Those memories are my person cave. Well, I kept a couple of little trinkets of things just uh, because they mean a lot to me. Uh, a signed book from Ernie Harwell, a signed schedule from Indians play-by-play announcer Tom Hamilton, my prized possession, a signed baseball from Jim Tomey, the greatest Cleveland Indian ever. Uh, the other things seem to be like amassing things to fill up walls and space so that if someone comes over, they'll be impressed and say, oh, wow, you have a great man cave. And that validation doesn't mean nearly as much to me anymore, but I'm grateful for it. So I consider them little drops in the bucket. And these drops, I hope they add up. I have a I have a big drop to lay on you, hopefully, in coming up podcasts. Something that I think, I hope, if it comes to be, will be a, a nice addition to uh, the Matthew Empire. And hopefully will be a nice bright spot in an otherwise murky year. But uh, details on that down the road. Uh, But until then, I want to wish a happy birthday to our great nieces, Hannah and Harper, who are beautiful, gorgeous, lovely. I never get to spend enough time with them. And it's their birthdays today. And I won't be able to do anything for their birthdays. It'll have to be this weekend. Maybe we'll drive down and drop some baskets of goodies off on their back deck so that we don't have contact, you know, with them because now they have a new little brother and, and then they have another gorgeous sister named Poppy, but it's Hannah and Harper's birthdays and, uh, they're lovely and I love them and I wish we could spend more time with them. Until then, I hope that you um, recognize the drops in your buckets. You know, uh, it's not about a bucket list just to reel things off. It's about, you know, accruing these things that we can feel grateful and appreciative for. And they may be little things, but the little things come up sounding big. And I hope those little drops become a part of your world and that they are becoming a part of your world. And one final note. I have to say thank you and apologies to Preston, who has been so good about, and Preston, you know who you are, um, has been so good about supporting the Gratitude Journal podcast, has been so good about just his commitment to what this podcast is supposed to be. And I made mention a while back about, and generically so and wrongly so, that it seemed like a lot of people didn't really stay in touch and we need to do that more. And I I was in error about that because Preston has been much more in touch with our family than probably any other family member. And so 
I uh, shy away in embarrassment and uh, and beg you for your for <laughs> your forgiveness and hope that I can uh, someday uh, get back in your good graces. So uh, enjoy your time in the sun. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, thank you for uh, checking in, and I hope you stay safe, and I hope you stay healthy, and even though we're near uh, election time, you know how I feel about it. You know, grab those masks, don those masks, mask up, and let's get this thing over with because I just want to hug again. I'm a hugger, and I want to hug people, and let's just put this stupid virus to an end. And in the meantime... Uh, here's to your safety and your health. And thank you for uh, checking out another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast.